Rewind, the podcast that rewatches reviews and for the first time ever reboots the DC universe. And that's the end of that intro. I'm Tony Camarena. <laughs> and I'm Al Rodriguez. <laughs> and today is a very special episode. Uh, last Friday or last Monday of every month, we are doing our new grab eggs. Uh, this is the second time ever. And we decided we are going to do like James Gunn and reboot the DC universe. But today we have a guest to um, share his ideas with us. Uh, we've got Alex Haynes from A-Town and Reviews. Welcome, Alex. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for this because I love rebooting stuff, let me tell you. So this, I'm, I'm super excited. Um, yeah, we're glad to have you, man. Uh, before we begin, uh, do you want to plug your channel and what you have going online? Uh, yes. So you, if you uh, are into movie reviews or TV series reviews, I'm over on YouTube at A-Town Reviews. I try to keep up on all the new stuff and, and as well as old stuff, just broadening my uh, movie watching horizons. But uh, come check me out if you're ever interested. Yeah, it's, it's really good stuff, guys. Um, all right. So, like I said, uh, we are going to be rebooting the DC Universe. Uh, you know, Al and I have a long history of being slightly behind the times. About a month ago, when you guys are hearing this, uh, James Gunn has announced his plans for uh, what they're doing with uh, the DC Universe, uh, cinematic universe, I guess. Um, so we decided, let's, uh, obviously, let's wait a month while everyone gets used to these, and then come up with our ideas. Isn't that about right, Al? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, perfect. I mean, um, we've spent, what, five years uh, being very behind on the MCU, uh, so we should be a little bit closer, I think, on DC. I, I feel like that should be uh, how we do things on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but before we begin and kind of jump into like the main idea of the episode, let's talk about like our relationship with dc what we like and don't like about the current dceu that's slowly coming to end alex let's start with you what's your relationship with the uh dc universe um so honestly uh growing up my one of my older sisters ashley she is a huge dc geek and especially when it comes to batman and when i was a little kid you know I always had this playful rivalry with her, like Marvel's better and or Spider-Man would beat up Batman, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, one day I watched the justice league cartoon for the very first time. And just to like find any dirt on how lame mm -hmm. DC is. But then I ended up falling absolutely in love with it. <laughs> like is such a cool universe, such a cool world. And from then on, I was just trying to, dive in as much dc as i could as i did with uh marvel uh favorites being you know the flash uh batman of course but most like definitely fell in love with superman he was mm -hmm. he was he was my all-time he's my all-time favorite when it comes to dc and i just love everything he stands for and you know ever since then i I've just been trying to keep up with all the different call comics and i think my favorite dc comic storyline is the at least right now is the darkest uh, or not darkest night the the dark knight's metal oh yeah with the batman who last i thought that was a just an incredible story and i would one day would love to see that get it added, adapted into live action which 
mm-hmm. might come up in our conversations later. But <laughs> yeah, I, I I just love the I love DC. I love comics, and you know the DC movies we've been getting lately have been uh, disappointing, if I can put it nicely, um, for at least for the most part. But um, I'm I'm excited to see what could potentially happen with the future. Yeah. Um. For the listeners who are interested, uh, um, Alex, you just like a couple months ago, maybe longer than a couple months ago, you just went through Zack Snyder's oeuvre, right, on your channel? Yeah, I I, I sat through and watched every single one of his movies because <laughs> I I was disappointed with how he did uh, his DC movies, and I was like, is it? Am I just being a hater because uh, he just messed up these movies, or do I just not like him in general? So I I gave him the the college try and watched all his movies and for the most part he's okay yeah yeah that's pretty close to my opinion of Zack Snyder but um (laughs) Al uh what are your thoughts on the DC universe and your relationship towards it um you know I, I guess for the most part um bittersweet but not so sweet um it's uh I, I, I liked a lot about the things that they tried to do with the, the DC universe. Um, I just thought the execution was very lacking. You know, I, I liked the idea that, uh, you know, these are heroes that have existed for a while, right? Like this is a Batman that has been in Gotham for a long time. I really didn't like that version of Batman. I thought there were a lot of stupid things like branding people. Um, and then apparently branding was a bad thing when they went to jail. Like that feels like the opposite. Anyway, it felt like there were a lot of stupid things like that, that just ended up in places. Um, and I, I, I just think that uh, a reboot is kind of the only thing that was left after, you know, so many things. Um, but I, I did like some things for the most part, I was generally entertained by that first Aquaman film. Uh, mm-hmm. I did like the two um, Wonder Woman films. Those, I thought, were, were done really well. Um, I can't think of anything else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I still actually have not seen Black Adam. I'll probably get around to that maybe at some point yeah, yeah. in the future. We'll see. Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alex and um, I saw that together. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was an experience. <laughs> ah, okay. Um, so, so uh, yeah, I mean, I... I mean, these are characters that I would love to see done well. I, I, I feel like we saw one of them done well, and then everyone else was around, and and that, that's kind of where, where we're at. So um, I, I'm, I'm glad that they're unifying, in a sense, uh, with the future of these characters, and I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. So we'll see. I'll reserve judgment. Uh, but would I have liked to see the existing stuff just kind of get fixed and be a little bit better. Yeah. I, I, I think that that would have been, uh, you know, a better way to like save time essentially. Um, basically just reboot it with the flash, which I'm assuming is what's going to happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, unfortunately also the flash is a movie I probably won't watch too. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how things go with that. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, like I said, bittersweet, but not so sweet. Yeah. 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 Um, as for me, um, growing up, I was always more of a DC fan because I grew up with Batman the Anime Series, uh, which I've been re-watching since Kevin Conroy's death. Um, I, like, I'm going to watch a couple episodes, and like I've just been re-watching the whole DCAU uh, over the last couple months. But um, 
Yeah. I am always rooting for a DC movie to be good. Because I love these characters. Uh, The Flash, also my favorite DC... Well, actually, one of my favorite comic book characters, period. Um, So, it's like, it's so frustrating... Uh, just like seeing the DC universe like stumble over and over and over again, which will hopefully be fixed. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of with Al. Like the first Wonder Woman's really good. I liked uh, uh, Birds of Prey, um, Suicide Squad, and Shazam, and that's about it from the current DCEU. So I'm really excited to see some of the stuff get carried over and some of the stuff get uh, completely wiped away. <laughs> but also, that Flash trailer looks really good and it's making me angry. Because now I'm like, <laughs> I want to see it. <laughs> I just don't want to support Same. Ezra Miller. <laughs> right. But, yep. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and just a heads up for everyone, that trailer came out yesterday for us. So like, it's it's fresh in our mind. Like, And <laughs> damn, it does look good. I'll... Okay, so something that I had learned recently is um, when movies, when things go to streaming, um, generally, the general contract is that the the place that's doing the streaming doesn't have to pay uh, like residuals or anything like that for the first 17 days. That's uh, one of the things that they got away with years ago with like stuff with the, you know, when transferring over to... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to streaming essentially, right? Because it was all new and it was experimental. So they uh, essentially just wrote in the stuff that that very much favored the studios. Uh, and so uh, if I watch the movie, what I'm thinking is I'll watch it within the first 17 days of it landing on HBO Max. <laughs> so it doesn't <laughs> go to him. Uh, to, I mean, sorry, to, to them, to Ezra Miller. Um, so yeah. maybe uh, we'll see. <laughs> That's okay, <what> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah. The, the one time I'll take advantage of, of screwing over uh, actors in a movie. Unfortunately, that also means everyone else who's in the movie won't get uh, any money from my viewing. So there's that downside. Right. Uh, I mean, I, I think Michael Keaton's okay. And the only one I feel sorry about is um, uh, whoever's playing Supergirl because she looks really cool in that. But anyway, she, she looked awesome. <laughs> I, I liked her. I, I got excited yeah. with her. All right, but we are ignoring all that. Maybe we're like pretending this is directly after that Flash movie. The whole DC universe is being rebooted. But instead of going with James Gunn's crazy plan, including an awesome Superman movie and a Swamp Thing movie and the Creature Commandos, they asked us for some reason to reboot the DCEU. Um, so we're going to pitch our ideas kind of like uh, starting with Owl. And then uh, going to Alex and then me third. Um, kind of just like running down what our ideal reboot for a phase one of the DC uh, universe. Um, and, you know, the other two will interject, maybe plus stuff up. We'll see how it goes. Um, is there anything else I'm forgetting, Al? Uh, yeah, you know, actually, there's a couple of things I did want to call out um, that are a little bit separate from what we're going to go over, but just want to call them out right now specifically. Um, so normally when we do our episodes, we have a spoiler policy. Um, Tony, I didn't ask you ahead of time. I'm assuming that we're just going to suspend, completely suspend our spoiler policy for all of the MCU and also the DC films, uh, that have come out. Does that sound good to you? Yeah. I mean, our rules, if it's on Blu-ray, it's good. And I think, 
uh, Black Adam's out. I don't care enough to check, but, but I think it's out on Blu-ray. That's the last release. So yeah. Okay, so ju- just just so if you don't want Black Adam ruined for you, I don't know if we'll even talk about it. But there's that. Uh, if you have not seen Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania on the MCU side, don't worry about it. We're not going to talk about it because for us recording this, it's not out yet. Uh, you're good there. But uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about She Hulk. I don't know. We probably won't. But just in case, yeah. you know, just just giving you that warning now. Uh, we also wanted to do a couple of other things. Uh, Tony, I think you forgot to tell people uh, at the start of the episode to uh, follow us on Twitter at MCU underscore Rewind, and also more importantly to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. And I think more importantly than all of that, we actually wanted to give a shout out to a friend of ours, Fernando, uh, over the weekend. Found out he told a bunch of people on uh, on his Instagram story to listen to our show. So first of all, Fernando, thank you very much for that. Love you, Ben. Uh, and then everyone else, if you're uh, listening to the show because of him, um, he would want you to give us a rating of uh, five stars or higher. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm sure that's what he didn't tell me that, but I'm I'm positive that's what he would want. So yeah. Apple Podcast or um, Spotify or whatever it is you're using to download this, go go do that now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, now to directly answer your your question, Tony, if we're forgetting anything, probably, but I can't think of anything. All right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Al. All right. Well, then I. Yeah, I guess I'll go ahead and start. Um, okay. So. You know, like Tony said, we're we're in. This is our vision of a essentially a phase one, right? Similar to what MCU, what the MCU did with their their phase one. And thinking about that, you know, I I set up some rules for what I think would be a good start to this. Um, I I don't want to do storylines that have already been done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. Uh, I have the the plan of the end of the phase one, bringing characters together. Uh, essentially, every movie in it is a movie dedicated to a hero, right? Or, or a storyline. And also just focusing on that storyline being good, right? Its own self-contained thing. It's not really... It, it, it can have crossover type stuff, maybe some mentions, but not exactly... Um, it, it's not like, hey, this character is here and shows up in you know, in this next movie, that kind of stuff, right? So that's that feels like it, it comes later. Um, so that's that's that was my mindset when I was thinking up this kind of stuff. Uh, and also, I was thinking of limiting it, mostly limiting it to Earth, uh, just keeping it simple, right? No, not not stuff in space or other dimensions or, or any of that that fun stuff. So, uh, um, so uh, I would want to start with. Uh, a miniseries, so not a movie, actually, just oh, okay. a, a TV show. Oh. Um, and to show that the studio is really behind this, this is a show that would be on HBO, not HBO Max. I mean, it, it would be on HBO Max, but like, you, it it's aired on HBO, and so that's that's how you really can tell that the studio <laughs> cares about it. And then it's on HBO Max um, less than an hour later, right? Yeah, I you know I think it premiered. I think it's just at the same time on. Yeah. I, I, I think yeah. But but still, it's it's on the channel, yeah. <laughs> so um, so this series would be titled uh, One Earth, and the idea behind it is it's uh, each episode is different. It just follows a different character, a different hero that exists in this Earth. Uh, and so 
one of the things that'll happen in the show is it will basically tell the audience, hey, at one point there was this like whole multiversal uh, crisis that happened, and then now there's just the one universe. And this can be something that's uh, either mentioned by like the narrator. I'm imagining like the monitor being the narrator, uh, the character that like watches everything, uh, or maybe it's something that was discovered by a character. Uh, in in one of the shows, right? But but the idea is just to tell everyone very clearly, hey, audience, all of that stuff that existed before, just ignore it. It it no longer exists. It was all destroyed. And hey, maybe that's like literally the first episode. It's just the end of this crisis, <laughs> just yeah. leading into it. Um, that that could be that. But but the the general idea is this mini series of a couple of episodes is really just to show, hey, this is a new world that exists. Here are new characters. Maybe some of them will show up in a movie or. Maybe they just are there for an episode, right? Like, yeah, here's here's an episode with a new Green Arrow who okay. won't show up in any of these movies that I've written. That that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, that that was going to be my main question: is like, are you going to have the heavy hitters in this, or is it like uh, Plastic Man? And not not saying you're not doing a movie about Plastic Man, but it's just like <laughs> the more minor characters. What would you? Um, I, I think maybe, uh, you know, thinking some of these characters, so a little spoiler, uh, Batman will definitely be in, in these movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, maybe whoever plays Batman would have a cameo in one of these episodes. Uh, or or maybe that is an actual episode, right? Maybe that's that's a majority and you get to see some Bat family, right? You get a, a Robin, a Nightwing, a mm-hmm. Batgirl, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think... Like through individual episodes, I I just went with the general idea of yeah you've got characters, uh, but yeah you you got some heavy hitters maybe maybe just the one, uh, and then maybe some other characters you know maybe maybe some that are just hinting at hey here's some future movies, uh you know so here's a character before they get powers or that kind of concept okay, um, all right that's interesting I like it all right <clears throat> so uh, after that show after the the mini series of however a, an unknown number of episodes. Uh, we get to the first movie titled Nightfall. So this is based off of the uh, Batman Nightfall uh, comic uh, run. And so that's the one where Batman gets uh, beaten up by Bane, and he's out of commission for a while. And mm-hmm. so uh, Batman has to find someone to take up the mantle as Batman. So he finds Azrael. Um, so as the movie goes on, Azrael becomes a lot more violent, a lot more psychotic and crazy. Uh, and eventually he does beat Bane, but throughout the movie, he and Bruce, uh, uh, Wayne, I just want to be clear, Bruce Wayne, okay. uh, the Not two Banner. of them argue. Yeah, yeah, I just, <laughs> just want to be clear. Yep. <laughs> uh, the, the two of them uh, argue more and more. Uh, and then in the end, at the end of the movie, um, the two of them choose to to just go separate ways. Okay. Oh, I like yeah. how you brought Asriel in. You don't hear people bring him up that much. Like, I haven't read Nightfall for a long time. But, yeah. Asriel's a cool character. I would really be down to see him in a movie, finally. That, that, that mm-hmm. is cool. Yeah, so I'll I'll come back to him, actually. But, uh, but you know, I, I wanted this first movie to really set up a couple of things. Uh, first of all, let's, let's start with the big character, right? Uh, start with Batman there. Um, even though Batman won't really be a main character, like you'll you'll be around, um, but like it's this is really Azrael's movie, like and it's his introduction uh, as a character, as a, a big hitter in 
in the DC universe, um, especially for these movies. Mm-hmm. All right. Exciting. <clears throat> yeah. So that one's it, its own film. And then we go on to movie two titled Man of Steel. So this is obviously what everyone's assuming. This follows John Henry Irons, a.k.a. Steel, taking nice. up the mantle of <laughs> the Man of Steel. <laughs> Still played uh, by Shaquille O'Neal? <laughs> uh you know, I'd be open to that. Uh, you know, assuming that I'm I'm the director doing, you know, uh, making those casting decisions, yeah. but um, probably not. To, to be honest, you know, maybe a cameo uh, here and there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is this is you know Steel taking up the mantle um, after Superman has been taken out of action by Doomsday. Uh, in this world, everyone knows Superman is still alive and he's just healing. Okay. So yeah, so this is just following Steel. Um, I realized I didn't actually make a plot to this movie. I just, <laughs> I just have. You don't need one. Have for him. Steel. You you walk yeah, into exactly. Warner Brothers and just say, "Steal" and walk out. And if they're not in now, then they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I either walk out with a check or I walk out with two security guards following me. Either way, <laughs> I'm walking out. <laughs> um (laughs) yeah i mean the the general plot line uh with steel i think originally was you know he he was weapons manufacturer and then uh bad guys like took his weapon or like the designs of his weapons or i think the company he worked for started using the weapons for bad stuff or selling something Mm -hmm. to that effect so yeah it could be that that kind of story it's him you know, really perfecting the I mean, again, these are characters that have been around for a while. And so Steel would have been around even when Superman was around, like they knew each other kind of thing. Uh, Lois Lane, I imagine, would show up in this movie um, uh, as I was doing a little bit of research, trying to you know remember different characters and that kind of stuff. One of the things I saw was um, in the comics after Doomsday did originally take out Superman, Lois uh, went and talked to different heroes that uh embodied uh that that could have embodied superman's soul like like i, I think the the comics were kind of playing around with that concept like uh, sorry no, superman's soul i think i said batman yeah you, you um, said superman. <laughs> all right uh so she talked to like different people like you know because superman has different uh titles right man of steel is one title and then there's others and i can't remember any of the others um but apparently in the comics she didn't believe that any of those characters inhabited uh, Superman's soul, mm-hmm. but the closest that could have been would have been uh, John Henry Irons or Steel. So uh, I feel like, you know, she could play a good role in, in this film, that kind of stuff. Would the other potential Superman, because in the comics, there were four potential Superman, which I think you were alluding to with like the soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Would they any of those be part of the story? Um, I mean, maybe they could make cameos. Uh, yeah. I, I, I just I wanted to be clear that this is his story. Like, okay. I my vision for these Phase One movies are, you know, this is really focusing on this one hero, mm-hmm. right? Like later on in later phases, similar to the MCU, you know, more more characters would show up and have, uh, you know bigger roles but um you know maybe they can mention that there are different ones um that can be brought up um but i i i think spending more time focusing on the main characters would be uh better spent Mm -hmm. okay 
Sounds good. So we've got your miniseries, we've got Nightfall, and we've got Man of Steel, starring Shaquille mm-hmm. O'Neal. <laughs> That's such a perfect title. I feel like <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and and I'm wondering how many people would get angry. Oh, and, and you could totally uh, work off the, the amount of people who are going to get angry because uh, they would just see the title like oh obviously this is a superman movie uh, and then get angry and like you can you can do some kind of viral marketing based off of that like you just just assume that right we we all know what's going to happen there right you're getting review bombed for sure yeah eh well it's going to happen anyway <laughs> yeah we're reviewing the dc universe everyone james gunn is getting review bombed much less us <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. it's times like this i'm i'm glad we're not uh, that big of a of a podcast yes <laughs> <laughs> and this is it this is the only time yeah <laughs> all right uh so movie three is uh titled zaytana i believe in magic Ooh, I love zaytana. Uh, oh yeah nice. uh so uh you know again this is a world where superheroes have existed for a while um so this movie starts with her pretty much just giving up the life of doing superhero stuff she's she's kind of tired of it um and so she wants to start a new path for herself, maybe even giving up magic. She's not sure. So there's a lot of just kind of figuring herself out. Um, and it, I envision this one as the first non-serious movie in this this DC universe, right? You know, you uh, mm-hmm. this is a character who knows how powerful she is. Uh, so she's never really in danger, right? Um, so, uh, so, you know, we can have fun with it. Uh, the plot line for this one follows, and I forget what the comic book story was, but uh, basically she starts getting dreams about some chaotic entity uh, and then reluctantly learns more about her lineage and like, you know, where she comes from and why she's so powerful of a, a um, magical user. Uh, and then at some point she fights a demon. So, you know, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, and then she ends with like, all right, fine. I guess I have to be a hero. I have to do magic stuff. Fine. <laughs> but... Yeah, the one thing DC has over Marvel, in my opinion, is I like DC's magical world with Constantine and Zatanna and um, Raven much more in DC than Doctor Strange and other magic users. <laughs> Nico. <laughs> I can't name too many. <laughs> I know Nico Nari, I know Doctor Strange and his supporting cast. But I, like, I always think DC is stronger that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I do think that maybe over time with the MCU we'll we'll see some stronger stuff. Like mm-hmm. mainly, I'm just saying I'm looking forward to that Agatha Coven of Oh yeah, Coven of Darkness. What did they rename Coven it? Did they rename it? Yeah, that one. Um, kind of looking forward to that to see what what happens there, right? Because they, I mean, I don't really know how different things are in in the comics because I'm I'm not too familiar with the magic world there, but at least in the movie side of things you know they've definitely separated wizards and witches as two distinct styles of magic mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i mean other styles of magic have shown up too right it's just you know they've spent less time on them so. yeah i i like that you picked zaytana as your first like female hero in the in your lineup of movies i feel like the only woman hero people can think of from dc is wonder woman Mm-hmm. or, or uh, maybe Catwoman. Those are the first two that come to my mind, but Zaytana is definitely one that deserves to be known in the public, so I like that choice. 
Yeah, so to be honest, when I was trying to think of characters, I just I went to DC's like list of characters and I just started scrolling and thought, "Oh, I like this character." I'll <laughs> add it to the list. <laughs> yeah. So, um yeah, so I saw her and I was like, "All right, obviously she has to get in this list because I haven't seen anything before, right? Like one of the things I wanted to think about was something that hasn't been done before. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I could have sworn they were, were they going to make a Zatanna movie or a show like HBO show, but that got There've been so many plans. Okay. I'm, I remember mm-hmm. rumors, but I don't know how far along it actually got. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, I'll go ahead and move on to my movie number four, just titled Static. So if anyone here is familiar with the mm-hmm. Static Shock cartoon from the early 2000s, it's basically that. Uh, this is um, more of a traditional superhero storyline. This is a teenager who gets his powers, uh, controlling electricity stuff. Uh, the movie essentially follows him learning to use his powers, but he's also a teenager in high school, and so he's dealing with that horrible stuff. Uh, and then the big bad of this movie is Hot Street, who's the, the school bully who also gets fire powers um and that's pretty much it yeah great choice all right uh static shock yeah i that was another movie that was supposed to be coming out soon right or originally yeah it it was definitely on their list (laughs) remember that big board they had of dc movies and we got like three of them (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i guess it's not really fair to say yeah we were gonna get that because of how many we actually got. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all right. So we've got that movie. And then, so there's two things left in this phase one. Um, the next is actually going to be another mini series. And this series is titled Night Rise. So uh, remember the first movie wow. was called Nightfall following uh, Azrael. So Night Rise also continues to follow Azrael. Uh, so this is what he's been up to ever since he parted ways with being Batman. And this is him uh, traveling around to become, quote, the face of justice, uh, which is his words, not mine. I just want to be clear about that. Uh, <laughs> so as he's traveling around, he uh, learns more about uh, mystical things like uh, magic. He learns to use some a little bit of magic. Uh, and he also starts searching for some magical artifacts. So he already had his armor. Um, but in this series, at the end, he actually takes back uh, his two swords, the Sword of Salvation and the Sword of Sin, which um razal ghoul had so he just goes and mm. like, takes them back basically um and uh and then after that he just starts his own cult essentially like a following um during this i assume i'm i'm thinking that he also gets like a i don't want to say like a sidekick but he kind of teams up with someone else uh who has a like a similar mindset um uh, just kind of mm-hmm. scrolling through characters i'm thinking vigilante who's a, a dc character who also is like all in on justice and all of that type of and stuff. And really bad at naming things, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's the general idea behind that, that mini series. It's just, Hey, this is what, uh, this is what he's been up to since then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, the last thing in this phase one is uh, a final movie titled, justice so uh it's not justice league i want to be clear about that uh but it's titled justice just because that's kind of the theme of a lot of these um at least the beginning right that's that's a big thing with batman and azrael wanting justice for for things um i think vigilante also so yeah 
So uh, in this movie, Justice, um, this is where Batman realizes, all right, there's some stuff going on with Azrael. I need to, I need to get rid of him, and that's that's the essentially the plot of this. Um, so while Azrael is in the middle of stealing stuff from some high tech, whatever, uh, Batman shows up to try and stop him. Uh, and also because he's like stealing weapon stuff, um, Steel shows up like, hey, that I don't, I, I, I don't want you to take stuff to make high powered weapons. So hey, that's stop that's it. Batman and Steel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's Please Batman no. and Steel just exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that's them working together uh, to try and stop uh, Azrael, and they fail. They are not able to to beat him because, like I said, since the last time Batman saw Azrael. He's upgraded. He knows some magic. He has some cool swords that do crazy stuff, right? So those are some some big, powerful things. So afterwards, Batman realizes, okay, um, well, I know Zatanna knows magic, so let me go bug her, try to get some help. So he uh, conscripts her to help the, th- the three of them now um, find him. And so um, as they're talking, trying to figure out what, what to plan, um, Batman figures out that Azrael wants to use the stolen tech to upgrade his swords, like the range of his swords, because mm-hmm. the swords do magic stuff that I, I looked up online and then completely forgot what they do. Um, <laughs> and then, and so Zatanna does some magic research and, and learns that, oh yeah, so those swords basically have their own consciousness. Um, we can take out the swords somehow. And so Steel theorizes, well, we can disable them with some sort of electricity. So then he goes off and recruits Static. So now we have the four characters together, all of these characters who have had their own movies. Uh, and then they go on and they fight and they win. Yay, they beat Azrael, all that stuff. Um, and this is kind of a, a big thing. You know, Azrael would have essentially wanted to destroy the city mm-hmm. kind of thing, mm-hmm. which I feel is a big thing, right? But... I don't know. After seeing so many DC shows, the season finale was always destroying the city. So I don't. I don't... <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> feels like it. Feels, I, yeah. I mean, this is phase one. We're not up to <laughs> yeah. Dark Side or whatever yet. You shouldn't be at the end of your phase one. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Zack Snyder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the last thing I do want to throw in is that this is the only uh, of these movies that has an end credit scene, or at least one that I thought of. Mm-hmm. Um, the end credit scene here is Superman violently waking up out of his back to tank, uh, like he was still in the middle of fighting Doomsday. Uh, and then he realizes where he is, and so he kind of calms down. He's okay. And then Batman walks in, throws some pants at him, and says, put some pants on. We have work to do. And then it ends. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the idea that Bruce has just been standing there with Clark's pants for X amount of days, weeks, who knows. <laughs> he's like, dang, he's supposed to wake up by now. <laughs> i mean alfred washed them at least like he's not just holding on oh to them. yeah he's not obvious yeah it's, it's not that type of batman it's you know. <laughs> uh no i i like it man i like uh i like your character choices especially um <laughs> not expect steel or i mean any of them really well, good. Yeah, that's that, that's really what I was going for, right? Like, I, I, I knew we had to have some characters that are already known, but you know, I wanted to bring in new characters that are less popular, right? Less, that aren't seen as often, which, you know, is something uh, that, you know, uh, kind of happened with the... Uh, I, I'm not saying it, it happened in the MCU, right? But these characters were lesser-known characters, right? You know, the whole... Yeah, yeah he was around... 
Captain America, yeah, he's around. He's just not like the big heavy hitter right now. They're yeah. super popular because of the movies. Um, and, and same thing here, right? And then uh, same thing with um, James Gunn, right? That, that's kind of what he's doing with with this stuff, uh, with mm-hmm. the, what has been announced, right? There, there's a lot of stuff that uh, a lot of these characters just haven't been in movies, essentially. <laughs> so, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, I'm really digging your choices too. I, I especially like how you keep the main heroes, like they're still present, like they're in this world, but they're more in the background. Like I think kind of sidelining uh, Superman and Batman, at least until the last movie, would, would be a good choice, especially especially with uh, the, your Justice movie with Batman as the main character. I feel like that, that would be like a really big, exciting thing for fans. Like, finally, Batman's stepping up in these movies. It, it, like, mm-hmm. that, that would get me hyped to see. Uh-huh. Yeah, I... I... Uh, something that I had kind of written down, I don't think I said it, was um, uh, I was imagining that first movie um, where Batman's getting beaten by Bane. That would literally be the first scene, just uh, Batman and Bane fighting and then Bane just cracking his back, um, which unfortunately is something we have already seen uh, mm-hmm. done in a movie. But, you know, it's still it still hurts to see th- yeah. that scene. <laughs> and and it might be something we see in a later movie pitch on my list but we'll we'll get there <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right cool all right well i think right. that's it for me so yeah alex yeah. if you want to go up next oh uh, well i uh i definitely used the more uh, traditional heroes i kind of wanted to get the bad taste from the previous movies out of my mouth so i was kind of trying to redo them even though i did like i did like some of the DC EU movies. I, I did like some of them, but not all of them. So, uh, so uh, the first movie I got on my list is I call it Superman Frenzy, and uh, this takes place like a couple of years into Superman's career. He uh, starting to gain popularity. He's he hasn't really had any challenge as of yet. No real big supervillains or nothing, um, but uh, a in a secret science facility, I couldn't think of a cooler way to say it. Um, an experiment gone rogue escapes, um, and it's revealed to be parasite. Mm. And this is the first time. And every time Superman fights parasite, he uh, parasite absorbs his powers and gets stronger. So this is the first time Superman feels fear when it comes to fighting someone. He's never fought someone that was able to just match him as he is and, and like take away from him. So I'm, I kind of, I'm imagining it as like kind of a soft horror film. So it's just Superman, like facing his own mortality or at least like he, not taking anyone lightly. Uh, and he's just trying to keep away from parasite. But at the same time, he wants to try to stop him so he can protect people. And all the while, like, you know, there's a secret villain just kind of watching in the background. So, like, that's going to be the theme there. there there's this there's this uh, presence throughout these movies that's observing everything. Um, so that, that's that's what I have so far. Uh, not that much plot detail. But, yeah, I, I always wanted to see 
Parasite as a villain in a Superman mm-hmm. movie, you know, like because I, I didn't want to like choose Brainiac or something. Cause I feel like that's too big of a villain, even though I do love Brainiac. Like I wanted to, I feel like Brainiac deserves a whole team up, but um, I still wanted to have a villain that um, doesn't use kryptonite as a weapon, but can harm Superman in other ways. Because mm-hmm. uh, because I'm I'm I don't know about y'all, but I I get tired of the oh Superman's boring, no one can beat him type of argument so i was like no let's 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 try parasite parasite can't beat him but he puts up more of a fight though yeah oh no i i agree with you uh completely on that you know like that's that's a great uh villain to show like hey yeah this is uh superman fighting a different way than he's used to right like mm-hmm. he can't just throw the punch or uh just take whatever hit is thrown directly at him like this mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. it's it's a, a big change it's like um like some one of the things that I really liked about Spider-Man Far From Home was that the villain was not someone that he could just punch, right? Like when he actually did uh, fight Mysterio, um, it was like a, a quick one and done fight, right? But it was so much other stuff that the character had to overcome to to win the you know the fight essentially. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah, I was really excited about that. Um, and then, uh, for my next movie, um, I, I call it a through the looking glass and it's a Batman movie, Batman movie where he has to rescue Jim Gordon's daughter from the Mad Hatter. All right. And in this movie, he, uh, I, I forgot the Mad Hatter's real name, but he gets axed. Someone gives him access to technology for him to perfect his mind controlling hats mm-hmm. and he obsesses over uh, Jim Gordon's daughter Barbara think believing she's his Alice and um, it's up to Batman to figure out where Mad Hatter is and 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 stop him and the Mad Hatter is another villain that I would love to see that's still uh, he is kind of jokerish but it you know just a different a different character that is really creepy. Like I think it would be awesome to see him, especially in like a Matt Reeves style Batman movie. I think I could be pulled off really well, but I wanted to take it first and put him in this. So are you imagining like Battinson in this or not even thought about it? I haven't really thought of it. I'm still thinking like a, an older Batman, like he at least Mm -hmm. had, a couple robins under under his belt so he's he's pretty he's he's more of an adult he's not necessarily old but he's 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 up there in experience all right i like your villain choices so far definitely stuff we haven't seen Mm -hmm. but good challenges for batman and superman thank you and then um from there i i need to redeem green lantern it's called brightest day brightest day we're we're doing this again. Uh, just, <laughs> <laughs> just basic, basic story. I, I, I just want to see Hal Jordan become the Green Lantern and uh, fight Sinestro. Like he learns how to be a Green Lantern, and Sinestro mm-hmm. tries to recruit him over to his side before donning the yellow lantern, the color of yellow. And yeah. I, I want to really explore. Um, Hal Jordan's fear 
in this, like things he's he's afraid of loss. You know, he's afraid of being a failure, whatever his um, his deal is, um, and just really play on that with Sinestro. I felt like the the previous Green Lantern movie just dropped the ball using Parallax mm-hmm. instead of just Sinestro. He was like right there. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. The one thing about the with Green Lantern is if you start with Hal Jordan, which I think is a good choice in the comics, it's a downfall of him becoming parallax. You can't start with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I like it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like it. Do I, are we doing a full origin story with, oh, I can never remember his the Green Lantern before him and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Full, full. This one will be a full-on origin story. Like, let's, let's, let's run it back. Mm-hmm. De- Deadpool erased that movie from existence, so, so that <laughs> that never happened. Um, it's true. We all saw I, that scene. <laughs> I, I was gonna go like an alternate route. Like he, um, he's the one that finds Abin Sir. Okay. Um, he, he's, he's sent into space on, uh, a, a, a an anonymously funded scientific expedition. I'm just trying to keep that, that theme, that presence of this, this beat, this person or this group, like kind of orchestrating everything. And that's mm-hmm. where Hal Jordan meets Abin sir, who's dying. Um, Got to clean it up a little bit, but that's the basic gist. Yeah. And then next I have um, um for my fourth film, I got six, so not won't take too much time. Um, <laughs> I have a uh, Wonder Woman: The Hunt, and this is a uh, this is about Wonder Woman before she leaves the island. So it's, it takes place in modern times. No one's met Wonder Woman yet, but um, word of Themyscira's existence got out, and mm-hmm. someone sent a small army of mercenaries to Themyscira to recover the God Killer Sword. And so it's Wonder Woman trying to hold off modern technology for the first time. And in the process, when these mercenaries are raiding this their hall of artifacts, one of the mercenaries gets cut by a, this dagger. And the mercenary, who's a woman, gets transformed into the cheetah. Mm. And, you know, that's where she comes from. I, I wanted I, I wanted to redeem the cheetah. I didn't think they did a great job with her in 1984. Yeah. I wanted I wanted her to be more um, ferocious than she was yeah. in that movie. No, I definitely, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't yeah, read a lot of comics. Yeah, Sorry. I haven't read a lot of comics with the cheetah in it. I should. Like, I'm a huge Wonder Woman fan, but... I don't get her hype. I think I need to give her more of a chance than just watching Wonder Woman 1984. No. She, like, she, she's just one of those villains that, you know, it's just, she's on, she's one of those on site. Like, she hates Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm trying to think, like, a reasoning why she would especially hate Wonder Woman is she, Wonder Woman's killing all her, her comrades that she, you know, yeah. she fought with for years. And, now she's a cheetah and that you know doesn't help someone's mood You're <laughs> you know human. what being a cheetah always pisses me off i get it <laughs> damn i i hate those cheetah days you know 
But yeah, nice, nice. we're gonna do that. Um, this next one I wanted to do was uh, Martian Manhunter. I couldn't think of a clever title. I was thinking doing Man of Mar- Man of Mars, but uh, I just went Martian Manhunter. Yeah. Um, and this is about him being sent to Earth after his uh, people are wiped out by a mysterious illness. Mm-hmm. And so he's trying to just find his place on Earth, trying to blend in with society. But um, scientists on Earth reach out, send a signal to Mars that attract uh, Malefic, uh, Martian Manhunter's evil twin brother, I believe. It's his twin. Yeah. And Malefic comes to Earth looking for from uh john 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 jones john johns john 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 that, that's john how johns. i always said it <laughs> john johns <laughs> um so and then you know john, uh marshall manhunter uh figures out that malefic's the one that you know killed his pe- his people and his family including his family so you know they gotta they gotta squash that beef and mm-hmm. i especially wanted this because martian manhunter he was one of my favorite justice league members like growing up like when i grew up watching the cartoons like he was always so cool to me like how he can phase in and out read people's minds and he was also just so not naive but just innocent in his other way just trying to figure out earth and i always loved his character and i really like to see him portrayed in a non-weird way in live (laughs) action and not be like lois lane's therapist in the Snyder Snyder cut. I'm very bitter about that if you can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I've rewatched since the Snyder cut. I've rewatched both Man of Steel and BBS. And there's no hints that Nothing. Lennox was <laughs> Nothing. He's just there. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, oh, he's he's that he's going to you're making him that guy. Oh well. Yeah. Um but yeah, I went that route. And then finally, um, the end phase one, I have the world's finest. And it's where the court of owls are stepping up, are uh, arise, and they're planning on completely taking control of Gotham and Metropolis. Hmm. And they're being and they're being led by this wealthy leader because it's the court of owls someone very wealthy um and batman and superman have to team up to take them on and they have to fight all the uh the talons and and then the you know the final little battle will be against solomon mm-hmm. grundy nice like well, you know there'll be it'll that'll be this version of batman's first uh fight against a super powered being Mm-hmm. He doesn't quite have them in Gotham yet at this point when I'm planning. Um, yeah. And I guess I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to set it up where it's, if I can spoil my own thing here. Oh yeah. Um, I'm trying to set it up where it's Lex Luthor, like monitoring all these super powered beings because you know, he's, he's a, he's a narcissist. He has in, mm-hmm. like an inferiority complex. And he, he doesn't want these these beings to be above him, so he's trying to find out ways to take them all out. This will eventually lead to a Justice League team up, but I, I wanted to take my time with it first. Really get the get these characters, get them introduced and all that. So that's what yeah. that's that's 
That's what I got. That's my slate. Yeah, I appreciate that that you don't end with a Justice League movie or a Justice movie, uh, but you end with like what, what Batman and Superman should be like teammates, not fighting each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, I like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, we we said this already. I really liked the villains. I, I thought that that was the 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 big. Uh, the big difference in, in these things, um, you know, I, I every time I watch some of the older MCU films, I'm always annoyed because the villain is just a mirror of the hero, mm-hmm. and that's kind of boring. Like I, I get it from a storyline perspective; it's just easier to say something once, and and you don't have to like introduce the audience to a whole separate set of rules for the villain. Like it's just I don't know. Hero has these powers. By the way, the villain has the same power, so it's just cool. That saved us five minutes. All right. Yeah. Um, so right. I, I get that, but at the same time, like these are characters that have been around for a while. You can kind of skip some of the the introduction of that, so you can spend some more time on the villains. And I do think that a lot of times the, the DC has some uh, uh, kookier villains, uh, right? Mm-hmm. A, a wider range, yeah. uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so I I, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thank DC you. definitely has stronger villains overall than Marvel. Agreed. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, the byproduct of me going last is some of the things you guys touched on, I may have touched on as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is it is it all of the things? Did you just like write down uh, everything that we've said and you're just going to repeat it? No, because in my Wonder, Wonder Woman fights uh, Parasite. And oh, I wow. just mixed I just mixed and matched all the villains. No. <laughs> Alright. So obviously we ended the DCEU with uh the Flash movie, the one we just got the trailer for. So I thought the best starting point for the new DC universe is with a Flash movie. <laughs> uh, my movie is called Flash Reborn. So I wrote uh little synopsis for each of my movies. Uh I've only, I haven't even read through them once, and uh, so we'll see how they go. <clears throat> so we start with the former Kid Flash, Wally West. Now in his mid-twenties, it's been five years since Barry Allen's Flash disappeared, uh, saving Central City from the Thinker, or someone who's not on the, uh, the rogues. So I figured the Thinker would be a good villain for him. Um, well, since Barry's gone, Wally's given up the suit. And though he still has access to the Speed Force, he rarely uses his powers. One day when Wally is like out of town for business, an earthquake hits Central City. He sees it on the news, and he's about to suit up and run back as Kid Flash. But he doesn't suit up quick enough. Because as he's about to leave, a new the news shows a red blur saving people in Central City. The Scarlet Speedster has returned, the news says. Um... And Wally is both relieved and confused. Like, there's been no sign of Barry Allen for the past five years. And he goes back to uh, town and talks to people who know um, Barry to see, like, is he back? He talks to uh, Iris. He talks to Barry's father. He talks to probably more people because I don't know his uh, supporting characters that well. (laughs) (laughs) Um. And, but none of them have seen Barry. It's like the Flash has returned, but Barry Allen hasn't. 
to make matters worse, while this Flash is saving people, he's a lot more aggressive fighting the villains. He doesn't really care about collateral damage. Um, and it seems like he's only saving like certain people, more upper class people. The rich, the famous get saved much quicker than lower class normal people. Um, through some investigation, a twist that no one's going to figure out, it's Eobard Thawne, the reverse Flash, coming back in time to use uh, the Flash's name and gain notoriety. Wally realizes that letting the Flash um, mantle go unclaimed, he's opened up uh, the ability for this imposter to take over. Uh, so Wally West dons the actual Flash suit for the first time and fights Thawne. Uh, through expedition with Thawne, Wally uh, uh, and the audience learn about time travel. And after defeating Thawne at the end, he decides he's... I know, Al. You love it. <laughs> <laughs> Al hates time travel. Uh, he decides that he is going to try to find Barry. The end of the movie. Al, I thought when I wrote this, like, I can't do time travel. Al hates time travel. But no, I love time travel. So screw you, Al. <laughs> it was, what, six movies with time travel? Okay, all right, that's fair. <laughs> now I hope every movie you have has time travel, some aspect. <laughs> no, that, Unfortunately, that's... they don't. Oh, <laughs> that's cool. I, I, yeah, that's a cool story. I, I love the reverse Flash. So he he's my favorite yeah. DC villain. So that's a. I would totally watch that. I would throw my wallet at that movie. <laughs> yeah, I like the twist. You know, like the the Flash movie essentially is you know it's a different Flash, right? It's not the the mm -hmm. character we're used to. Um, you know, it's 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 a change, right? It's 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 different from these stories that we've had for years. I mean. How long has the Flash TV show been on? Nine years? It's the final season, yeah. like, just started last week, right? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to, to be fair, I think they use Eobard Thawne, like, every other episode. So I know oh, yeah, that's not yeah. super original, mm -hmm. but come on. <laughs> he hasn't been in the movies yet. All right. That's true. <laughs> All right. My second of six movies is called Nightwing. Uh, we begin in a scene we've seen before. Bane breaking the bat. Um, because at, I wrote this because after decades of seeing Martha Wayne's pearls fall, we need to see a different iconic scene repeatedly brought to life. Um, <laughs> in his weakened state, uh, Bruce convinces the former Robin and Bloodhaven's current Nightwing to take over in Gotham. Bruce is um kind of mentoring from the background. Uh. As Nightwing and the current Robin, uh, Damian Wayne, uh, does the Batman thing. After breaking the bat, Bane is running the town. Uh, but a new gangster has risen through the ranks. His name is Roland Desmond. Roland is a uh, match strategically against Bane, but not physically. So he uh, hires uh, a scientist to try to develop a non-addictive version of the venom that Bane uses. Um... And it kind of works. Uh, unfortunately, it is not reversible, and it kind of mutates him. So he becomes like the big, hulking, kind of like greenish, hair-falling-out monster, uh, for people who read Nightwing comics, of Blockbuster. 
uh, Nightwing's oh. arch nemesis. Um, because they're so evenly matched, Bane and Blockbuster um, don't go head-to-head uh, fighting for territory. They like It's like a major gang of risk in Gotham. They're just snatching up the territory they can. So there's some skirmishes here and there, but nothing all out until there is finally only one piece of property left in Gotham. And that Netflix. is Wayne Manor itself. Um, <laughs> Wayne Manor, uh, they go to Wayne Manor, it's all out war to protect Bruce, Gotham, and Batman's secret identity. Eventually using tech, skill, and luck, they're be able to they're able to defeat both gangs, but Bruce is not doing well and offers to let Dick take over the cow. Dick refuses because he believes he has finally made a name for himself as Nightwing, but Bruce says he's retiring from being Batman, uh, although he's still going to continue mentoring the Bat family from Wayne Manor. And that's where we end with Nightwing uh, becoming his own hero, no longer being the shadow of Batman. Oh wow! Oh, so he refuses. I like it. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, I thought it would be just too easy for him to become the Batman. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that would kind of be a waste to only have Nightwing in one movie. Like, no, that's that's awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. Does um, he? Uh, d- does he end it uh, just being angry and saying "f Batman"? Or, or uh, no, <laughs> no, but that's why we have Damian Wayne. I'm sure he says that somewhere in the movie. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if any of you watched the, I think it was the Titans TV show. Yeah, um, I like did not. Years ago. Okay, I did not either. Uh, but there was a, a trailer before the show came out of, um, and, and I think I think the, the series premiere, that, that was something Nightwing says. Uh, yes. He, like, he fought some guys, and those guys were like, is that Batman? It's, then he beats them all up, and then he says, "F Batman" or something. Oh. Screw Batman. I can't remember. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> that happened. Yeah. <laughs> I. That's probably the reason I didn't watch the show. I hear it got pretty good, but now it's canceled, so it probably won't even have an ending. <laughs> all right. Um. So, in a complete refute, uh, refute, refutation. As a disagreement to what Alex said, my next movie is Superman Brainiac. (laughs) (laughs) I love Brainiac. So I'm straight up adapting my favorite Superman arc, which was the Brainiac arc in 2008. So with exception of the ending, this is kind of a breakdown of what happens in um, in the comic. So, um, Superman and like all these things, like all of these heroes in my universe, like they're aware that there are other heroes, but they see them more as like competitors or colleagues, not allies at all. So Superman's an established character with a few years of heroing under his belt. At the Daily Planet, uh, one day Clark is, uh, hears a strange sound with a super hearing and makes some excuse to go check, investigate. And he sees his cousin, Supergirl, rushing in the same direction. Where he's, like, curious, like, what is this thing? She is panicked. She looks terrified. He's never seen his cousin this way. He catches uh, up with her right as they discover a drone. 
a drone from Brainiac, looking for a good piece of Earth to capture and catalog. They destroy the drone, uh, but it has alerted Brainiac to the Kryptonians on Earth. At the Fortress of Solitude, Kara explains that uh, she was there on Krypton uh, when Brainiac attacked. And Brainiac is directly responsible for the destruction of Krypton. He took a piece uh, of the planet, uh, Kandor, and shot something into the sun to make the sun explode. So, you know, in the lore, she's a little older, so she, like, witnessed all this happen. Um... Knowing this, Superman leaves Earth to, like, head off, find a Brainiac uh, before he can come and take over Earth. Um, he fi he finds uh, Brainiac's ship as it's leaving a planet and witnesses something being shot into that planet, uh, that system's sun. He is too slow to get to the weapon um, to stop it from detonating the star. And the explosion knocks out Cal and he wakes up on Brainiac's ship where he meets Brainiac himself. Brainiac explains that he catalogs the planet uh, and its people, and then, you know, so the data doesn't change and he doesn't have to come back later, he just destroys the whole system. So it's like, he's got the final data. Um, and uh, Superman uh, notices that his sample of Krypton is still there. The sunken city of Kandor, uh, put inside a bottle. Superman is held hostage, uh, not power being so far away from a yellow sun. Um, he is held hostage as they head to Earth. Uh, Brainiac's plan to uh, take Metropolis and then destroy uh, our solar system. Uh, he and Kara, through fighting, uh, when they come to Earth, uh, stop Brainiac, destroy his ship and him, uh, or what they think is him before he sends out a signal to his backup, because Brainiac is the machine. So, like, we know that through a post credit scene that Brainiac will return. Unfortunately, um, the ship's technology is what is keeping Kandor compressed. So Superman quickly, before it expands and destroys Metropolis, he goes to some inhabited land and lets Kandor regrow. Um... The Kryptonians there, about a thousand of them, thank Superman um, and ask him to lead them to a new home. So this movie ends with uh, Superman, Kara, and the rest of the Kryptonians leaving Earth to find a suitable new Krypton. The end. I really like that. I, I like the ending. Um, you know, you also immediately have a reason for having more Kryptonians in the universe, which just mm -hmm. comes in handy every so often, I feel like. Um, more having more than you know just the one plus you know this is probably where superman can get his dog i'm sure there was a, a dog uh somewhere oh, yeah. in that city yeah mm -hmm. i mean yeah crypto <laughs> obviously is the most important character uh you're you're ruining my last movie al crypto <laughs> super dog story <laughs> oh no i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> uh but no you know i i really like it because you know a lot of times when we see you know the super characters, right? Superman, Supergirl, etc. I, th I I think there's at least one more. I don't know. Um, they, Superboy. You, I, I guess isn't that a something? All right. Anyway, um, <laughs> you know they're they're usually like they're very sad. They're the last of their kind, uh, and so here mm -hmm. you're just like, 
yeah, no, let's, let's just get rid of that. They they can they can kind of visit. Sure, they're the last handful of their kind, so that still sucks. But you know, then, then they also have some more technology, right? So I mm-hmm. feel like that's also a good way to, you know, in, an easy way to start introducing a lot of that stuff into this universe later on. I, I like yeah. it. Yeah, there you go. And and that it'll be cool to see. Like it'll be interesting to see that different side of Superman, where you know he realizes he's no longer alone. In the galaxy, oh, I mean, besides him and his cousin, mm-hmm. like that—that that would be real. That would be a really sweet side of him to see, uh, and I would probably—I would probably tear up honestly watching that. Be like, oh look, he deserves that. He deserves his family, his blood. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving on to my four out of six movies: Wonder Woman, Daughter of Themyscira. So again, this is another one loosely based on one of the comics. Uh, it's loosely based on her New 52 uh, arc. So it's been a couple of years since Wonder Woman has entered the public consciousness. She is Diana Prince is the ambassador from Themyscira to the U.S. Uh, she's a hero to a lot of people in the world, but not everybody. She's gotten comfortable with her life in America. Uh, her, uh, boyfriend probably still played by Chris Pine, because why not? Uh, can't stop carrying him back. (laughs) Um, uh, while working to maintain peace in Washington, D.C., she's called upon, uh, by a woman named Zola and, um, Hermes, the Greek god. Zola is pregnant with, uh, Another one of Zeus's child children because Zeus gets around in Greek mythology, um, <laughs> and she's a uh, she's been attacked by like mythological creatures randomly. As um, Hermes was sent by Hera to deliver the message to Zola that uh, either turn over the child once it's born, or um, the wrath will be felt by everyone who knows her. Hermes himself, being a good god he is, took pity on her while delivered the message. Also wanted to deliver Zola herself to Wonder Woman, the one person who might be able to protect her. As they are meeting for the first time, a Hydra attacks uh, out of the Potomac, and um, we get to see Wonder Woman doing what she does best, uh, protect and kick some ass. She dispatches the Hydra and decides to take Zola to Themyscira, a place where... Many daughters of Zeus's have been taken in the past uh, to be protected. Um, it seems that uh, Hera uh, is finally done with all of Zeus's BS, uh, and she's trying to destroy all of his bastards running around. Um, and it is revealed that Diana herself is one of his children. Uh, through a crisis of identity... Diana realizes, though she's not made of clay, she's still a protector of her people, and realizes that there are Zeus's children on Themyscira. So sh- they quickly find a ship and head to Themyscira, and it seems to be under siege by um, invaders uh, under the command of Hera. There's an epic battle between the Amazonians and the... Um, the monsters and creatures that Hera has under control with uh, um, the Amazons being victorious, but 
a tragically Hippolyta, um, Diana's mother, dies in the battle. Hippolyta had been the leader of the Amazons for thousands of years, and uh, Diana thinks it's her responsibility to make sure uh, Themyscira is not left vulnerable. So she decides to stay in Themyscira and protect the land as new uh, queen and protector of the island. The end. Cool. I like it. I'm uh, starting to see a theme here. You know, you've got mm-hmm. your, you've got a movie with uh, all the humans, uh, then you've got a movie with a bunch of Kryptonians. Uh, now you've got a bunch of Greek stuff over here, right? Amazonians and Greek gods and and all of that. All right, you know, people uh, in living with their kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. The main thing takeaway is like. Uh, Wally has disappeared to say to try to find Barry. We have Superman mm-hmm. leaving the Kryptonians. We have Bruce Wayne retiring, and we have um, we have Diana who is staying on Themyscira. Earth is losing their heroes at this moment. Yeah, that's a better description of uh, your <laughs> theme, um, yeah. the the more correct one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So it's also getting rid of the big name ones too. I'm, I'm noticing. Uh, yeah, mostly. Uh, but we do have one more big hitter that hasn't had his own movie yet that I want to bring in. We have a few who haven't had their own movie yet. But before the grand finale, we have finally a Batman movie. Batman Beyond. Oh, yeah, <laughs> my <laughs> favorite. Ah, <laughs> uh, same here. <laughs> It is 2073, so 50 years after modern day, or so 2075, whatever year this movie comes out, 50 years later. It's a cyberpunk hellscape. The remnants of different gangs are causing headaches for the GCBD in a world without metahumans. And only Batman can save them. But this Batman is a younger Batman, Terry McGinnis. Since Bruce retired in the Nightwing movie, he spent the years... Um, mentoring, and sometimes losing parts of the Bat family. And Terry is the last one. He was trained by an elderly knight, an older Nightwing before he, um, something mysterious happened. We're not going to go into this movie, but like before he disappeared. And an older Bruce is still in the Bat cave, kind of, uh, giving him advice, uh, giving him context for things. Um, but it's only, it's been a couple months now, and uh, Terry feels like he's making a difference as this legendary character from uh, the Age of Heroes uh, back in our modern day. It's a normal night. Uh, he's been fighting the Royal Flesh Gang when Terry notices what he thinks is a shooting star before he hears the impact of it landing someplace outside of Gotham. He goes in he encounters something he's never seen before. It's a ship full of androids. They start scanning everything and destroying, uh, scanning everything in autumn, um, in Gotham, brutally murdering any person who tries to get in their way. Literally anyone who's like physically stopping them or who walks in their path accidentally. Well, they escalate things fast. Yes. <laughs> um, there is an epic fight. Terry uses all his future tech and skills that Bruce and Dick Grayson taught him, but it's no use. The machines defeat Batman and are about to kill him when Terry is swept away. 
he wakes up back in the Batcave to see Bruce sitting with Wally West, looking the same age we saw him in the first movie. Um, he explains that the Age of Heroes ended long ago, and he's been traveling in time to find Barry. Unfortunately, he's not been able to find him yet. Uh, he's disappointed in Bruce for retiring, for not... Uh, for letting other people take the crusade and obviously failing because Gotham is still terrible. Uh, he explains that uh, these androids are uh, another drone ship from Brainiac, who was driven away uh, before by Superman. But since he left, the backup has sent more people to finish the job, more um, drones to finish the job. And since Superman left, no one's heard of Kryptonians. This is a, a second attempt to destroy the world. Um, we have an epic fight where it takes the Flash and um, Batman teaming up to destroy the uh, Kryptonian, or not the Kryptonians, the Brainiac drones. But the last thing we see is a hologram of Brainiac himself threatening that now there are no heroes or no Kryptonians. He's coming. And it's like, it's time for Terry and Wally to head back in time and reunite the heroes. Did so, you say what this one was called? Like, Into the Justice League verse? No, this something? is just called Batman okay. Beyond. I I dig that. That's That's some beautiful setup right there. Hey, whatever it takes to bring... Terry McGinnis into into this. I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, and so in complete defiance of you guys, I decided to finish this with a Justice League movie. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's it's only fitting, right? Like, what... What else are you gonna do, right? You 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 need some kind of team up, and like Justice League just makes sense. So yep, yeah. All right. So my final film is Justice League Origins. So we flash back to uh, this is five years before uh, the first uh, Flash Reborn. Uh, we begin with Barry Allen himself uh, investigating Clifford DeVoe, aka the Thinker's plan. The Thinker has been communicating with a being from another planet and is working on a, a way to open a portal to that planet. Uh, there have this, uh, been promises to DeVoe that if he helps this alien being take over Earth, the Thinker will be able to rule a large part of it. As Barry is finding DeVoe, the portal is accidentally activated, uh, sucking DeVoe in and almost taking the Flash. We realize this is where Barry's been. Why have, they haven't been able to find him in time is he did not time travel. He was sucked through this portal. Um, but the portal, the device powering the portal was quickly dispo- destroyed by a futuristic battering appearing out of nowhere and like hitting the device and detonating it. Barry finds this battering confused. It's like technology he's never seen before. To, and he decides... Uh, Tony, maybe... Tony. Yeah. That's called magic. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Technology you haven't. Yes, he (laughs) sees his magic in the shape of a bat, (laughs) and he's heard of things like this. Obviously, he knows of the Batman, though he's never met the Batman. So it's time to run 
to Gotham. Um, he easily finds Batman by just finding the Batmobile and just keeping up with it as it drives home. Um, we cut to space. The portal uh, has released an energy pulse that got the attention of the local space authorities, namely the Green Lantern Corps. Uh, John Stewart is dispatched to to investigate uh, after Barry is left and finds that the tech is also alien, but he can't identify it. So he goes to the most well-known alien on the planet, Superman. Um, we cut back and forth between the meeting of Superman and uh, Green Lantern and uh, Barry tracking down the Batman. As he enters the Batcave, Barry briefly fights um, with Bruce. Uh, Batman takes some effort, but he defeats the Flash because, you know, he's Batman. <laughs> um, Barry explains uh, why he came and shows him the future tech. And uh, they use the Batcomputer to figure out that, yeah, this is from fifty years, 55 years in the future. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the Green Lantern heads to Metropolis, who is uh, fighting against, you know, some random bad guys, maybe, like, Luther goons in the mech suit or something. Not that important. Um, he takes uh, John as an enemy, and they fight, uh, before John can explain what happens. Uh, Cal decides that it's in Earth's best interest if he joins the Green Lantern's investigation. Meanwhile, in Washington, D.C., the newly appointed Ambassador Diana Prince uh, is there when people are attacked by, like, these red glowing creatures. They move very quickly, um, though some of them fly, um, and they seem to be attacking these protesters who are very angry at these new arise of superheroes. Um, they're angry at Diana Prince uh, for being appointed as Ambassador. They're just angry people. Uh, Wonder Woman dispatches the creatures and is appro approached by future Wally West and tells her that these uh, these are aliens and they need to seek out people who closed the portal in Central City. Eventually, uh, the Flash, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Green Lantern meet and discover the side of the portal has been taken over by LexCorp, uh, who reactivate the portal and are sw swarmed by Atrocitus and the Red Lantern Corps. They fight and win as a team. Um, after the country congratulates them, they are approached by Wally West, uh, Flash, and Terry McGinnis, Batman. And they explain that there is a bigger threat coming, and only they can handle it together. So while in the original timeline, the superheroes are split, individual, um, thinking they have to do everything alone or with a Bat family while claiming to be alone. In this new rebooted universe, phase two will be them teaming up, crossing over, and building stronger relationships for the in eventual rematch with Brainiac. Okay, so I guess my, my main question is, does Terry McGinnis, does he go back to oh, his he, time and he's just no, like, he, le he leads or the he's team. He leads oh, the okay, team. he sticks around. Okay, okay, yeah, cool, okay. Because I love Terry McGinnis, so he's going to be on the team. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Of course. Of course. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I really, I really like that. I, that that was that was beautiful build up right there, and I and I also love the idea of uh, Batman Beyond being a part of the Justice League, mm -hmm. the OG Justice League. That that, that was a, 
mm-hmm. cool turn of events. And Atrocitus and the Red Lanterns, that took me by surprise. That I, yeah, I, 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 like, I, I like that choice. Thank you. Yeah, I bounced around. I, I feel like of my pitches, that's pro- the Justice League one is probably the weakest. Uh, because there was just so much happening, and I was like, I want, I didn't want Brainiac again, but I wanted a interstellar threat. And like Atrocitus, yeah, attacking, being fueled by the rage of the people who are like against supervillains or superheroes, might work. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think it works out really well. I, I mean, you know, one of the things like comparing this to the MCU when when they fight the big bad in in. Uh, the Avengers, right? It's it's an army of enemies, mm-hmm. and as an audience, we get like very little about what what why are they around? Well, it's Loki just wanted to bring an army to take over Earth. That was it, uh, yeah. and be, because that sp- uh, let them spend more time on the heroes, right, on their stories. And there's a lot of story going on here, uh, and so I, I feel like you know Red Lanterns, similar concept, right? Um, similar uh, in, in regards to we only need a couple of sentences here to fully understand what they're doing, why they're mm-hmm. there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're not exactly mindless enemies, but for the most part, you know, it, it can be easy to, to portray them that way. So I, I thought that that was actually a really good choice. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, now, Tony, I, I do need to dock you a couple of points. Three uh-huh. of your six movies do have time travel. So got to <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. Um, I would argue that two of my six movies have time travel because Wally just time traveled to 2073. We don't actually don't see him time travel in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> the time traveling happened in the previous, his previous appearance. Uh, all right, fine. I'll tell you what, once I see all of these movies made, yeah. then I think we can, we can debate it. And we'll, we'll see. You know, maybe my my impression will change, um, you know, once it's a little more fleshed out. But once once I've seen all these movies, I think then we can talk again. How's that sound? Yeah, that's fair. That's that's definitely fair, yeah. man. Cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Al, Al uh, what, what, what's your thing with time travel? Why why, why do you dislike it? <laughs> if I may. Um, it, it, it's no, that's that's fair. Um, I. Too often with time travel, um, you know, one of the things that happens is um, you'll set up rules, right? They'll be announced like, this is how this works. And those rules just get broken. And then they're broken just for the sake of the storyline. Like, it feels like it's a crutch uh, that the the writer's like, well, I I guess we could say whatever we want because it's time travel, even though we have these rules over here that we, we set at the beginning of the story. That said, it can never work that way. But all right, let's do it. Uh, and it, it just happens in just about everything, uh, unless you have a show where you just always break the rules. Like the rules are just like, well, they're rules because someone made them rules, but we can break them whenever we want. For example, Doctor Who. I love that. <laughs> that's um, what I was going to say. Why you're a Doctor Who fan? Uh, yeah, yeah. That that that's fine. That that one's okay. <laughs> to, to be fair, Alex, Al has never seen Back to the Future, so. Oh. <laughs> You can't judge until he sees the best time travel movie. I that is true. I have not seen any of the three. Of them? There are three. Yes, three. Okay, all right. Um, that's the one where he becomes his own. He, he's his own father, right? In the the first movie. 
The guy no. goes back in time. No, oh, okay. that's that's Fry. I think he's the grandfather. Uh, yeah, the Fry's his own grandfather. Okay, all right. You're you're not too far off though. He's almost his okay. own father, but he's not. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. It was it was one of those classic uh, movie tropes, like, oh, why did they need to do that? <laughs> yeah, because one of the writers had some thoughts <laughs> and they put it in the movie that's always my assumption whenever something like that happens <laughs> you're, you're going through something whoever wrote this all right al don't worry if we ever do a phase two i'm going to try to go six for six time travel in every one of my movies <laughs> sounds like you yep <laughs> all, right. all right well alex thank you for joining us on this extra long episode no, thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun and like getting, you know, to know you guys even more just on how you set up your universes. It's just really great. Um, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before we go, um, Alex, uh, plug A-Town Reviews one more time. Yeah. So you guys can find me over on YouTube at A-Town Reviews to see any movie or TV series reviews and some comedy shorts where I wear a crop top and yell at myself. So if you're interested in anything like that go ahead and check out a town reviews yeah and just so everyone knows um i will have put a link in the show notes so however it is that you find show notes uh and if you want to go ahead just go ahead and click that link and i guess save it for later uh or or just go watch it now if you've got the time do it yeah. do it now click that link in the show notes yeah, wherever it is you see show notes yeah but before you do that make sure you go on twitter and uh, follow us. Go also give us a five, ten, or one thousand star review. However, your app works. Also, if you have ideas of what you want to hear in future grab bag episodes, please let us know on Twitter at MCU underscore rewind or email us at MCU rewind uh, at gmail.com. This time without the underscore. Uh, join us next time when we'll be covering Jessica Jones season two, episode eleven, aka Three Lives and Counting. And remember to just follow us on Twitter and give us that five-star review, like I just said, so I don't know why I'm reading again. As always, this is the Marvel Cinematic Rewind, signing off. Have a marvelous day.